glad you are here. And if we've never met before, my name is Scott, one of the pastors here, and uh, thanks for coming. You are looking good. How are you feeling? Because sometimes looks can be deceiving. You are looking good, and uh, we're glad to be together. We're continuing our series, just inviting people that have asked questions like, why does the Bible say this, and why does life end up like that? A few weeks ago, we talked about why do bad things happen to good people, especially good people like me, or like you, or... Uh, we talked about purpose for life, like why am I here on the planet? Last, last week was a big weekend, Mother's Day. Why, why did God make mothers? Next week, we're going to talk about why can't I hear God's voice? We're going to talk about listening. Today is a very um, practical and spiritual topic. Why am I so tired? Thank you. I can... Just tell by looking at you that you need this topic today. Why am I so t- We all face it from time to time. Either we, we've uh, had to pull an all-nighter because of work schedule, or we've been at friend's house longer than we should be, or there was something on television that we just had to watch, or we just stayed out too late, and the next day we're dragging, going, oh, I just feel so tired. Uh, some people, because they, they don't get proper sleep, that's a big contributor to feeling tired. Or some people, they're, they're not eating properly. Some people are uh, not exercising properly. That's a contributing factor. Some people are overstressed. Some people have medical conditions. But it affects, uh, it affects all of us. They tell us that uh, 15.3% of the ladies uh, experience extreme or excessive fatigue. 10.1% of the guys, the same thing, extreme or uh, chronic fatigue. And it it affects what happens on our roads. It affects people's driving. Have you noticed that? Uh, 70, last year, 72,000 accidents. A contributing factor, tiredness. Uh, 44,000 injuries and 6,000 deaths because tiredness. You, you, you know this? Here's, this is, you may not know it, but one in 25 people fall asleep at the wheel at least once a month. You think about that as you drive home today. What it does, it should increase your prayer life. When you get behind the wheel, you say, oh God, oh God, oh God, help me. A tiredness is not a new phenomenon. It's been around forever, I guess. Jesus talked about it, and he gives us some truth we're going to look at today. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, if you're tired and if you're weary, let me talk to you. So if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're burdened, here's his invitation. He says, hey, hey, come uh, to me. All of you who are weary, tired, fatigued, heavy laden. And he promises this. Here's his promise. I'm going to give you rest. I would, I would love if everybody got some of that rest today. I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke on you. Take my yoke on you and learn from me. My yoke is, is easy. And this is the passage we're going to look at as we consider Tiredness, fatigueness, and a few things I just want to point out from 
the words of Jesus on this subject. I want us to just be aware of um, uh, our own, we could be part of the all. When he says all of you, uh, that could be you. And I'd like you to recognize your tiredness or your weariness if you've come to that place in life. And he says, here, I've got an invitation. Once you realize it, um, I don't want you to stay in that state. Get that. I don't want you to stay there. I want you to go from being tired to being inspired. I, I, want, I want you to come to me. Here's his, here's his great invitation. Come to me. All of you, and, and, and the southern Jesus says, all y'all, all of you who are weary, who are heavy laden, and here's his promise, I'm going to give you rest. Now that weariness and that tiredness could have a lot of different sources. I think this one is kind of self-explanatory, but if you don't sleep properly, you get tired. Let me ask you, how did you sleep last night? Some, see the people at the front? I should go mobile, come way back there and ask some of you, like, oh, I hope he doesn't see me back here. That's why I'm back here. They, they tell us that, that one in three U.S. Uh, adults, that would be a lot of you, are consistently not getting enough sleep. And I've noticed that one in three people fall asleep while I'm preaching. No, that's not true. That's not true. But, uh, Okay, to help me out, just like look over at your neighbor, just make sure they're still with us. We're, we're still in the early part of the message to be like out of it. But one in three doesn't get. If, you're, if you are between the ages of 18 and 60, you should, and it's different for everybody, but in general, at least seven hours of sleep. Here are some things that would help your sleep. Maintain a consistent sleep routine. Don't go to bed at 8 o'clock one night and midnight another night. Get a, get a routine. And a few things that would help you in your routine is as you get closer to your time, whatever that is, your time to go to sleep, uh, start turning the lights down. Dim lights will do something in your psyche to help you. And, and stop looking at the computer because actually the, the glow from the computer or your cell phone will affect your, your mind. It will keep it activate and just want to calm down a little bit. Um, you want to just go to bed at the right time. So get dimmer, slow down, go to sleep at a consistent time. And, and if you do, I don't know if this happens to you, but probably some of you, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night? I, I'm finding this is just me, but as I'm getting older, it's happening more often. Uh, and here's just some, so a tip. Like when you, if you do wake up in the middle of the night, don't sweat it. And, and don't stay in bed awake for like more than five or ten minutes. Don't sit there and go, oh, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's 3.30 in the morning. It's, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. It, it, once you, if you stay awake in bed five or ten minutes, think if you're still awake, get out of bed. And go sit in a chair. In the dark you can do that. Or you can um, read a book. You, don't tur turn on television. That will suck you into some storyline. Leave that off. But you can listen to a podcast or some nice music or, or one of Scott's sermons. Could put you right to sleep. That would be helpful to you in the middle of the night. Just, and then when you get tired again, then get back into bed. Don't, just don't stay in bed like a long time looking at your watch every five minutes. Oh, here's one. Limit your caffeine. Not everyone is like my brother Peter who can drink an espresso and go to bed. So it, I, I, in the afternoon, I kind of taper mine off, and, and I, I'm caffeine-free by the time I hit the, hit the hay. 
But if you get, just, this is just true. Here's great teaching. If you get better sleep, you'll be less tired. Someone should be just tweeting that out right now. I mean, you don't get that. You don't, you don't get that everywhere. But, but here, here you get it. Here's another thing that happens. People, they don't eat right. And it affects your, what you're doing is you're stewarding your energy. You get so much of it, and by proper diet, you're going to have more energy. Eat from the five food groups. And you, some of you don't even know what they are. And they're not chocolate, 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 chocolate. In fact, chocolate has caffeine in it. Go back to the last thing I just talked about. A proper diet will help you. Eat the right amount of calories. Some of you don't even know how many calories you eat, but you should. Too many, too little will affect your fatigue level. Uh, oh, here's a bit. Cut down on sugars and starches that convert to sugars. Now, I did eat a donut today. Full disclosure, but I'm going to sleep good tonight. Drink enough water. This is just a health thing. Um, I, I drink half my body weight in ounces a day. I have to be disciplined to do that. And let me recommend this. Don't drink that water just before you go to bed. Or you'll be up in the middle of the night. That happens too. So I, I, I drink first thing in the morning. First thing I get up, I, eat, I drink 24 ounces because all my organs are dehydrated and so are yours. You may not know that. And through the day. But then I taper it off in the evening when I'm tapering off my caffeine. Just it'll, good health. Proper diet will cause you to rest better. And if you rest better, you'll be less tired. Here's one. A sedentary lifestyle, not getting enough exercise. Because here's the great, it's a lie, really. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so fatigued. I'm just going to sit here on the couch. And you become a couch potato. And have you noticed? They start to look like potatoes. So I'm so tired, I just got to sit here, when actually if you'll get 20 minutes of exercise a day, literally what happens is when you are active, it increases your energy. Yeah, so just find something you like. If you like walking, walk. If you like tennis, tennis. If you like golf, do golf. You can't golf in 20 minutes. Mini golf, maybe you can get a little hole. Mini golf, one hole in 20 minutes probably. But just do something you like. I like to run. I run every day pretty much, 5K a day. I, I, like, I enjoy running. And just do something you like, and it will increase your, your energy. Uh, some people have, everyone has stress, all of us, because we all have deadlines. We all have to get things done. But there's excessive stress where it's too much stress, and it depletes your energy. So uh, identify what is causing you the stress. What are your stressors? especially the ones that you can offload. Don't take on too much when you're getting your things to do. Don't put too much on your list. Let, let me teach you a word. This is a very important word. This will help you. Here's a word. Let's all learn it together. I'm, my big buildup and you blow it. Like, you can't sit on the third row and heckle me and just like take my good material. So we have to back up now. You ready? We're going to back up. Let's all learn a word together. No. That's your big chance. Don't miss it now. <laughs> okay. Just 
when, especially when people are trying to, like you've all got your own agenda, then people start to add their agenda to your agenda. So you've got to learn how to say no. You've got to change your point of view when you're in a stressful situation. Uh, for This happened to me not too long ago, sitting on I-75, came to a, a dead stop. And, and sat there for a while, and all of a sudden, whoa, I'm just feeling stressed. No, 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 don't be stressed. Look at this time that you have to listen to worship music. Look at this time you have to pray. Look at this time you have to commune with God. By changing my point of view, my stress was diminished. My tiredness, which feeds stress feeds, was diminished. Oh, please, guys, learn this one. Accept the things you can't change. Some of you get stressed out when the weather's bad, and you can't do anything about that. Oh, it's a rainy day. Just, you, there's nothing you can do about it. Jesus says himself, who can change anything by worrying? And the answer is none of us can. So just go, okay, that's how it is today. And then, this is a good one, practice everyday forgiveness. Unforgiveness adds incredible stress to our lives. So every day, People are going to do funny things, say funny things, practice everyday forgiveness so you can let those stresses go. And as you let the stresses go, the tiredness that's associated with stress goes as well. Now, here's one, and some of you may face medical conditions, and you should get proper health care providers to help you with the conditions. And there's a lot of them that add to stress. Uh, uh, anemia, underactive thyroid, anxiety, chronic fatigue, deficiency in vitamins, depression, uh, UTI, heart disease, pregnancy. Has anyone ever been pregnant? Affects your energy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, diabetes. So just get, take care of your health. Be in tune with your health. And here's what all, all the things I've talked about, and even in Matthew chapter 11, this is a big issue. They all kind of fall into this. D- don't try to live up to expectations that aren't coming to you from God. Sometimes other, thank you, you got that. That's good. Yeah, that's a blessing over there. Don't, don't sit over here with this lady because that'll be too much. You guys get together. But. So, so other people put expectations on you. And then there's the false expectations we put on ourselves. And that's what Jesus, in Matthew chapter 11, he's talking about the Pharisees who love to add rules and expectations to people. When he says, come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, he's specifically talking about the Pharisees who love to give expectations to people. For example, uh, the Bible says... uh, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Have a regular uh, day of rest. That's a good principle, actually. The Pharisees came along and added 600 plus rules to that one rule. 600 that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't walk this far. You can't, you can't spit on, this, it's on the street. I don't know all the rules. They made up all kinds of rules. They had rules for everything. They took one rule and added 600 rules. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, don't let those other people's expectations burden you down. Get your expectations from God. How do you do that? You may ask. That's exactly what I'm looking for, some participation. Well, well, that's exactly right. Here's how you get your expectations from God. 
you recognize your weariness and you learn to come for your expectation and your source of strength to the Lord. Here's Jesus' invitation. Come to me. Here's where you're going to get your expectations. Here's where you're going to get your strength. Come to me. All of you that are weary, if you're tired, if you're heavy laden, and I'm going to promise you I'm going to give you rest. Now, how many of you have read that promise before or you've heard somebody say it before, come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? How many have heard it before? Put your hand. Okay, good. Okay. Now, when you hear that or you've read that, how do you come uh, to Jesus? How do you fulfill that invitation? How do you do that? Sur surrender would be one, yes. How do you come to Jesus? Quiet time? And during your quiet time, what do you do? Yes. Praying, reading from his words. Those are it's time you spend with Jesus. Do you know that when you, when you pray, and this gives you, this gives you rest, that when you pray and meditate, prayers are talking to God, meditation is God talking to us. When you pray and meditate, it, it shifts your perspective. And this really helps. When you talk, when you come to Jesus and you spend time, a lot of your stress, a lot of your fatigue, a lot of your worry, anxiety comes from subjective living. You look at it and it's a subjective feeling. Prayer not only moves you to an objective point of view, but moves you, here's a word I have made up, and it helps me. It moves you to a God-jective point of view. It's, it brings you to looking at people Places, things, circumstances through his eyes. Let me just tell you, if you are tired out and fatigued because of your marriage, looking at your marriage through his eyes will help. If you're tired and fatigued because you got kids, you got kids? Looking at them through his eyes will help. When you come to Jesus, it shifts you from all that Inner, subjective, tiredness, fatigueness, worry, it shifts you. To, let's look at your kids this way. Let's look at them from my point of view. Let's look at your marriage from my point of view. Let's look at your agenda from my point of view. In fact, let me tell you, you can do those things. They're on your agenda. These things should not be on your agenda. You get a point of view that comes from him when you come to him. Another thing that happens when you come to Jesus through prayer, and here's a prayer I pray uh, often, Lord... I need your help. Lord, I need your strength. And here's what happens. There is available to you, for you, supernatural strength. There's normal strength that comes through good diet, good rest. But I'm going to tell you, as Jesus-loving people, when you come to Jesus, you can tap into a supernatural source of strength. The anointing of Jesus can come on you, and he will quicken your mortal body, the Bible says, and he will give you energy that doesn't come from any food group or any amount of sleep. He can energize your life. Now, I've experienced that a lot in my life. Um, various places and, and times. One of them was um, many years ago when we were just getting started here. I'm in my 24th year here with y'all. And a long time ago I was here. Hey, in fact, those of you that, that used to worship with us in the gymnasium, okay, gymnasium people, remember that? We, just FYI, 
we've now been in this room longer than we were in the gymnasium. So, yeah, good. But when I was starting, I got involved um, in another project. I became the executive director and daily host of a television program that was three hours of live television every day or every weekday and unusual time slot, midnight till 3 a.m. It was America's prayer meeting. I would pray with people across the nation. And so here's my day. I would get up in the morning. I would go to church. I'd work, getting ready messages, pastoring the church, building the church. And then I would come home. I would have dinner. I would get a little bit of sleep. I would uh, be driven. Thank God people helped me, drive me up to Clearwater where the satellite uplink was. I would go on the air at midnight. I would go till 3 in the morning, get back home around 4 a.m., get a little bit of sleep, and be back in the office in the morning. I did that for years. And I was never sick. I really will tell you my story. Jesus gave me supernatural power and strength. I asked for it every day. Now, there were times I was tired. Oh, yeah. Here's how my life, when I'm living in the right rhythm of, of God's grace, I get very tired at the end of the day because I, I, I lay it all on the ground. I give it all out, whatever I'm doing. But then I have a good night's rest, and I get up the next morning, and I'm good to go. Why? Because while I'm sleeping, Jesus is pouring strength into me. That, that's not just for me, guys. That is available for you. It's for you. In fact, the prophet Isaiah says it in a beautiful way, in a, in a scripture I love. He says it like this. Um, if you will wait on the Lord, and that word wait uh, isn't just like twiddling your thumbs and going, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm waiting on you. It's uh, waiting like, uh, maybe you know the phrase, um, uh, a lady in waiting. They're, they're giving their attention to someone else. Or you probably know this one, a waitor or a waitress. They're supposed to give you their attention. <laughs> You'll get that later. So this, what, what a, a, wait, waiting on the Lord is taking your attention off of whatever's stressing you and fatiguing you and putting your attention on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord, I'm not going to look and concentrate and be filled with this. I'm going to change my perspective. I'm going to put my attention on the Lord. I'm going to wait on the Lord. And what happens when you turn your attention towards him? What happens? You renew your strength. And when you renew your strength, what do you do? Watch this. Get this. Very important. You, you stay active, which is both physically and spiritually true. You stay active. It's not about, okay, I'm so fatigued, I'm not going to do anything. That's dangerous. I'm so tired, I'm going to retire. That's dangerous. Because when your strength is renewed by God, you end up doing what? You end up running and walking. How many of those are activities? Right? Those are activities. So get this truth. And Jesus gives it to us in Matthew chapter 11 as well. Jesus gives us that truth when he says, uh, recognize your weariness, find your source of strength. And the third thing, live. He's got a system of receiving strength. He says, I'm going to give you rest, and then Jesus has in Matthew chapter 11 a system or a plan of you living in renewed strength. How many would like to know what Jesus' 
system or plan of living in strength is. How many would like to know that? Okay, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's enough. What? Get this, and this is so important, because when, when people get tired, there's a tendency to go, oh, I'm just going to retreat from life. And that's not what the call of the prophet Isaiah is, or certainly not the call of Jesus, because he says, when you come to me and I promise to give you rest, I'm going to ask you to take my yoke. Now, in his day, that would be a lot clearer than in our day, but a yoke was a, uh, a working instrument that was used in agriculture, where they got two um, working animals, and they were to work together. Uh, they needed, does anybody know why they needed to work together? This is very important. They needed to work together because one was not enough. <laughs> Get this. In your life, please, 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 learn this truth, one is not enough. Tomas, you're not enough. You're not. You need a partner. And here's how it worked in yoking. There was a senior partner and a junior partner. Do you know which one you are? Junior partner. Just write that. You should have a pen out and take some notes on this or something like that. Okay, let me, Tomas didn't get that. But let me ask you, uh, are you the senior partner or the junior partner? Oh, very smart people over here. Yeah, very good. To just get this, he says, okay, I want to give you strength. I want to give you rest. But it's not for you to increase your leisure time. It's not for you to increase your vacation time. Now, that's all good. I get really nervous when someone says, oh, I've just been working so hard in this ministry. I just need to take some time off. Now, you can change, but when you are not yoked, and yoking was a labor activity, when you're not yoked, you actually will decline in your spiritual energy instead of increase, just like physically. If you're not getting the 20 minutes of exercise a day, you'll become a, a couch potato instead of a, a dynamic force. And spiritually, Jesus says, I want you, here's my system. My system is that you yoke with me, because when you yoke, that's when you find rest for your souls. Now, my yoke is easy. My yoke is like when you yoke with Jesus, this, he does all the heavy lifting. And that's good. A yoke was um, working together with. So when we show up every day, when we're yoked with Jesus, and he, he's the senior partner, right? We're the junior partner. When we're yoked with Jesus, we show up every day and we say, Jesus, what are you doing today? What, what field are you working in, Jesus? Because what, what, am I the junior partner or the senior partner? And who do I follow? I follow the senior partner. So I show up every day and go, okay, I'm yoking today with Jesus. What's the senior partner doing? I want to do what he's doing. Now, that helps me to offload your agendas that you want to put on me. Right? And it even helps me to offload false agendas that I'm giving to myself. I show up every day. I'm yoking with Jesus. Jesus, I want to labor with you. What's your agenda for today? What field are you working in? That's exactly where I want to be. I want to be on your line, in your aisle. I want to be with you because you are the senior partner. I am the junior partner. Let's go. I connect with him. That's what yoking is. 
this is a, a, like a picture of a, an ancient yoke. One senior partner in one side, one junior partner in the other side. And Jesus, where are you? I want to be with you. I want to be, I want to be so connected with you that I'm not working today without you. I'm not laboring today without you. We are doing today together. And I'm not saying, Jesus, hey, Jesus, I got some plans. Look, I look at my to-do list. Jesus, help me. You see that? I'm not saying, Jesus, I got a lot of things on my to-do list. You better show up and help me. No, no, no. I'm the junior partner. I say, Jesus, what are you doing today? That's what I want to do. I want to be connected to him. And when I do that, we learn from him. Isn't that what Jesus say? Take my yoke on you, and you will learn from me. Even in Jesus' day, the rabbis had a system. Every rabbi had like a, their own system of learning and their own emphasis of their school. And a rabbi's teaching, his collective teaching, was called his yoke. So a rabbi would have a yoke. And Jesus had a yoke. He had a system of teaching. He had values. If you want to find them concentrated, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's the yoke of Jesus. That's the teaching of Jesus. A life of prayer, a life of forgiveness, a life of grace, a life of self-control, a life that's building on a solid foundation. That's all part of Jesus' yoke. It's his teaching. So we partner with Jesus to labor with him and to learn from him. Let's get that. We partner with him to do what? To labor with him and to learn from him. And that helps us. So much in my life. I just have to be aware, oh, Jesus, I need to yoke with you. When I went to college, and, and we're in a graduation season, we have many people that are graduating, and wonderful, and they're making a transition in their life. They're going off to college, and for those of you that are going off to college, let me tell you, you need to yoke with Jesus. When I went to college, I was, I was whoa, whole new world, overwhelmed. I had a, a huge academic load, and I had, a, I had a, a, a ministry load because I'd been preaching since I was 16, and I preached all the way through college. I had a music load. You don't even know that part of my life because there's so many people that sing better than me in this church. But in college, I was a singer, and I, I traveled for the college, and I, I sang. I'm on an album. It's not available, but it's out there. In fact, this is what one, one, one lady in the church said, my dad, I think he was up in New Jersey, was cleaning out his garage, and he found this album, and your picture's on it. I said, yeah, that's me. That's my album right there. So I was singing. I was preaching. I was academic schedule. I had a huge social life trying to win Sweet Jarla Joy. That was full-time job right there. So what, I'm coming into a new, what do I have to do? I said, Jesus, I need to yoke up with you. I can't do this. Very aware, I can't do this. But I'm going to yoke with you. Guess who does the heavy lifting? He does. No, I'm doing my work. I did good academic work, top of my class. I did good preaching, very good preaching. I did singing. I was lead singer on the album. I did very good. But I said, Jesus, I want to show up every day with what you want to do. And so I go to bed at night tired because we'd gone all day, but I get up every morning renewed by Jesus because I'm yoked with him. When I graduated from college, that was a whole other world. Then, like, I'm in ministry. That's all new. 
And I got like 100 kids in my youth group, and that's all new. And, uh, and I got a staff I'm working with. And I go, I was overwhelmed. So I said, Jesus, i got to yoke with you in this ministry stuff. i got to get up every day and say, Jesus, what are you doing today? What are you about today? How can I do this? And I yoked up with Jesus. And then, then I asked sweet Darla Joy to marry me. Ooh, that's a ton of, that's a ton of work right there. I'll just tell you, a, a, a wife can tire you out. I see you nodding your head. Just do, just go gently. <laughs> so I remember standing at the altar, overwhelmed with the responsibility of, of being a husband. I said, Jesus, I got to yoke up with you. You're the senior partner in this marriage. I'm junior partner. And he leads our marriage. Some of you guys need to yoke up with Jesus. Your marriage would be better. Some of you girls need to yoke up with Jesus. Your marriage would be better. Let him be the senior partner in your relationship. Then, oh then, kids. Kids can tire you out. They can exhaust you. Like, like if, if marriage is the undergraduate course, kids are the PhD. I, I remember um, Amanda was our first baby. I remember taking her out of the nursery. Darla was resting. I took her. I carried her down the hall. I sat in a, in a rocking chair and I cried. I said, I don't know how to do this. And I don't want to mess it up. I've messed up a lot of things in life, but I don't want to mess this up. Jesus, I need to yoke with you. I can't do this on my own. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need to yoke up with you. So being a parent, a lot of nights, go to bed tired at night, but yoked up with Jesus. Next morning, I was good to go. Let's go again. Coming here to Sarasota, completely out of my league. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what should I do? Buying this property. Oh, God, it's above my thoughts. Yoking up with Jesus has given me strength every day. And that's not just for me, guys. You are part of the all. Come unto me, all of you who labor, all of you who are tired out, all of you who are ever labored. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to change your perspective. I'm going to pour spiritual strength in you. I'm going to call you to yoke up with my strength. I'm the senior partner. You're the junior partner. But together, we're going to change the world. That's his call. And that's how we want to live. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together for prayer. Let's close our eyes and let's open our hearts. Our prayer team is coming immediately, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to minister in this place as the Holy Spirit invades our, our awareness, as we welcome him, not my voice, but his voice, his power. We acknowledge Jesus is here right now, and we acknowledge he is the one we need to partner with, to overcome this weariness, this tiredness that we have. And we welcome you, Jesus. We welcome you in our prayers. We welcome you in our heart's cry. We welcome you into our souls. And we're going to pray a prayer that welcomes Jesus, welcomes his presence, welcomes his power, welcomes his saving grace. Some of you, for the very first time, will welcome the presence of Jesus. Some of you for a first time in a long time will welcome the presence of Jesus because you've got off track and this is a moment of getting centered back in on the things that really matter. Some of you regularly welcome Jesus to be the senior partner of your life. 
but we're going to pray out loud because Jesus says, I love to hear your voice. Believe in your heart, but let me hear your voice. And I'm going to lead in the prayer, and all of us are going to pray a community prayer. Let's pray 100% of us, all of us. Let's all of us be in the presence of Jesus. Let's all of us be filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And let's pray this prayer together with all the people around you. Lift your good, strong voice. Uh, Dear Lord Jesus, I open my heart, my soul, to your presence and your power. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins and I leave them behind. And today I make a brand new start. I'm turning towards you, Lord, to receive your love and your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for leading me. Help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. Hallelujah, 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 amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church celebrate. It's a great prayer. Now, the most important part of our gathering is prayer. Jesus said, my house will be called the house of prayer. That's what's going on right now. We're going to pray. We have a prayer team here to pray with you. Some of you have been, some of you dragged in here today and need to go out with supernatural strength that's available for you. We're going to pray for you. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come on you to strengthen you. Maybe you've given your heart to Christ or maybe you're renewing a relationship with Christ. So important that you come and tell one of our prayer partners, hey, I prayed with Scott, so we can just affirm that prayer. We believe that God has work he wants to do. Maybe it's for healing. Maybe it's for, for a decision. Whatever your need is, we're just going to ask you to come and to pray. While people are praying, there are communion tables on the left-hand side and the right-hand side. And if you'd like to receive Holy Communion today, the bread of Christ and the cup of Christ. We do this not out of a religious routine. We do it out of remembering Jesus. We remember that he died for us on the cross. We remember that he didn't stay dead, that he rose from the dead, and that he's with us right now, giving us his strength. When you take communion today, say, Jesus, I want you to be the senior partner of my life. I, want to be your, I don't want to be off on some other field plowing somewhere you aren't even working. I want to be in your field, Jesus, on your line, in your time. That will give you supernatural strength. If you've been a guest here today, thank you so much for coming. We want you to come back. We know God has an abundant life for you, and we want to learn together about that. If you are a guest and you've never been to our VIP room and you are a VIP to us, we want you to stop by that room before you leave. Back on the left-hand side, some gifts, meet you. Nothing weird in that room. Just want to bless you. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a blessing. After that blessing, there's no other benediction, just people praying. People will come forward for prayer, for communion. The worship team will lead us. When you go, you go with the grace of God. But may you receive this blessing in the strong and mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior and our senior partner, the one who speaks to us. Could you hear him? Can you hear him? He speaks to you and he says, come. Come to me. We're not asking you to come to a church. We're not asking you to come to a religion. We're asking you to come into a living, loving relationship with Christ. Come to me. Bring your weariness, and I'm going to give you rest. Don't try to do life alone. Yoke up with me. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. Let me empower you. And I pray that all of those things would be alive in your life, that you would be partnered with Christ and he would give you his strength, and he would give you his perspective. I bless you in the strong and mighty and majestic name of Jesus, and in Jesus' name, you are very blessed. And everybody says together, amen. Bless the Lord. Let's give the Lord 
an ovation, a praise. We love you. Come on, for the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your liberty. Come forward for prayer and for communion. God bless you. We'll see you again soon.